Hello and welcome back to Cause Eternal Monologue. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the Babylon 5 Season 3 episode, Walkabout. So this episode has, like, several major things going on. Um, sort of a two-pronged A-plot-B-plot, but there are kind of furthering other plots kind of thing going on. I think I will tackle um, Franklin's first. Um, so... The overall theme of this episode, hence the name, is Walkabout, which um, is basically, uh, Franklin even discusses it in uh, that, that as a foundationist, um, he, he believes that there is a metaphorical two versions of him, one that he believed was real and the one that is real, and he has come to realize that his perception of himself isn't what he thought it was. And that he needs to go and discover himself. And this is something that the Foundationists borrowed from the Aborigines, which exist in real life, of uh, of a basically you you drop all your personal belongings, you drop everything, uh, and you 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 discard everything that is you, and you go in search of yourself. It's a very Zen outlook on things, if you will, of. Um, sort of uh finding oneself through the outside world um and, and discovering yourselves without any um selfish desires without any uh worldly belongings to tie you down to a certain thought and the overall theme of this episode is discovering where one lies where one's identity lies in the new status quo uh, we have a lot of characters going out on their own walkabouts. Lita is trying to figure out where she lies uh, now that Kosh is gone. And Sheridan is now trying to figure out where he lies now that Kosh is gone. He is the de facto leader of the Army of Light. And they have all these choices ahead of them and he doesn't know which direction to go. They are all trying to find themselves in the new status quo and move on. And Franklin... He's never had the most successful love life. We know this. We have seen it several times. He's had how many girlfriends throughout the series? And we're only on season three. They all drop out almost immediately. And his stim addiction was a result of overwork, overstress, and having no personal life. He became his job. He was the doctor. He, that's who he was. He was Dr. Franklin. He was not Stephen Franklin. He was Dr. Franklin. And now he's on walkabout in an attempt to find himself, and he finds a woman who is sort of just, uh, just as much obsessed with finding her true self as he is finding his true self. Uh, in uh, in the fact that she is in, she is a singer, uh, and uh, you know, and she wants to help others, much like he wanted to help others, uh, and he quickly falls for her, and she has this entire thing where she puts up a glass in front of someone to see if she can peer into their soul, sort of metaphorically, and from that she talks about how Franklin seems to be broken, like there's pieces of him, no whole, just many pieces, fractures. And from that, we, uh, we come to know her, and uh, in early on, after they sleep together, 
Caitlin asks uh, Franklin for this particular medicine, uh, and he fears she's an addict, just like he is. And he fears that uh, she was looking... She, uh, she was taking advantage of him, which she kind of was. There, there's a there's an irony there where she is a good person and she wants to help people, and her needing a doctor was a selfish thing, but also a selfless thing all at the same time. It's it, it's a very much a reflection of Franklin's own mentality. He started taking stems. And became addicted to it and felt like he needed to take stems, which was a selfish decision, but it was a selfless act to help others. It all stemmed from the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And he fears that she is an addict much like he is. And she steals his uh, uh, authorization, gets the medicine, and he and then he believes she's uh, gone unconscious to overdose, and then he finds out, oh no, she actually has a uh, ha has an illness that is going to kill her, and she isn't actually an addict. She needs this medicine to handle the pain, otherwise she passes out from the amount of pain she is physically in. And he realizes he almost got her killed because he was thinking she was just like him in the fact that she's an addict. And it's a really heartbreaking thing where he sees both the dark side and the good side of himself within Kaylin. Um, and and, and that's when he sees the, the, the truth of it, that, uh, that there is there's an optimistic side and a dark side to everyone. There's an optimistic and a pessimistic side. And she wanted to be a singer. She she could go home. She could go back to Earth, get better help than she is getting it here on B five. You know, she could get legitimate medical help and be able to last a bit longer than the projected few years she has left, or she can spend it helping other people. And she chooses to help other people. Uh, and so, Franklin sees how the dark side and the good side of everyone in himself, in Caitlin, merge to form a one unique person. Um, it, it's all about finding the balance. I mean, that is what his trip is about, is finding who he is, finding the balance in his life. Um, I, I, I think the allegory is rather on the nose, in my opinion. There, it's not handled with subtlety, definitely. But um, I think it, it is quite interesting uh, to see Franklin's sort of um, progression. And one thing I do not like is that we kind of see Franklin as all hunky-dory right now when he should be going through some severe withdrawal symptoms and things like that. Um, I don't like how that was kind of portrayed that he's all hunky-dory right now, so whatever. But... It's not without its flaws, but I like what it's trying to say. Now, let's get into the lead a bit. So we get to meet the other Vorlon of the show, the other major Vorlon of the show. He is never named within the show itself. This name comes primarily from the scripts uh, and from Jameis talking about it in uh, various web forums that have been archived on a website called The Lurker's Guide to Babylon 5. Um, his name is Olkesh, but he is not actually named that. Instead, he insists his name is Kosh. And when asked 
he says, we are all Kosh. Now, the thing about Vorlons is that they want to be seen as mysterious. They want to be seen as uh, 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 superior, all-knowing beings, and thus an enigma to everyone else. This is to keep that. It isn't just to save face that one of them died, because it's been so long since one of them died, because they are practically immortal, but the fact that th there is just this idea that if they are seen as weak by those outside of their purview to control, there's going to be issues. Obedience is going to die down. Loyalty is going to die down. So in order to keep morale up, they have to keep the enigma of themselves up. And I'll talk about this in further episodes when the allegory is made a bit more on the nose, but Old Kesh is obviously the darker, darker, darker half of Kosh. We... Kosh had a very bright, very yellow um, encounter suit. He had a soft, a soft voice, a sort of intimidating, but softer voice. Olkesh has a very dark voice. His uh, costume is, you know, his encounter suit is primarily purple. He's intended to be dark, and he actively hurts Lita to get information out of her, uh, unlike how Kosh treated her. Uh, and she is trying to find balance now because uh, she is uh, been so connected to the Vorlons ever since the gathering in the pilot movie, and the one the one uh, Vorlon the one uh, person you know Kosh that she connected to very strongly is gone now, and she has a very strong emotional connection to him, and she didn't know who killed him until this episode and she lets loose and we find she does some pretty damn impressive stuff it takes what three four Mimbari telepaths to uh, weaken the uh, the oncoming uh, you know uh, forlorn ships all it takes is her to weaken all of them and she is showing some insane amount of power that she shouldn't have. She was rated P5 back in the gathering. Is she still P5 anymore? Who knows? Um, and we we get confirmation that Akash did cheat death. We know that Vorlans are able to put sections of themselves into other people telepathically. and Because we, we saw that with Lita. And uh, when when Olkash is going around trying to find the other half of Kosh, and he starts attacking Lita, like, where is he? And he's like, not in me, not in me. We find out through Lita, because she has a connection to Kosh, that it's in Sheridan. Kosh cheated death by putting a section of himself in Sheridan. And this will become come into play much later. Um, but remember... Those that have been touched by Vorlons are unique. Um, so let's talk about the uh, Army of Light in Sheridan section of this uh, episode. So Sheridan is right uh, in the fact that uh, basically they are in an impasse. They just lost their major weapon. That is Kosh. Kosh was the equalizing factor to, to the shadows. They 
as a unit, as the Army of Light, stand no chance with the Vorlons backing. And Ulkesh does not seem like he's going to cooperate. They have a potential weakness for the Vorlons, that is, the, the telepaths, but they don't know if it works. It hasn't been tested. And this is not something they can test without an actual, you know, field test. So they're going to go out and field test it. And it's risky. It's a chance of killing a lot of people. But it has to be done for the greater good. And so they go and they test the issue. And they finally win. For the first time ever, we de defeat the Shadows conventionally. All the other times... You know, they used the gravity pull of Jupiter to crush a shadow ship. They opened up a jump point within a jump point, uh, you know, within a jump gate to explode the jump gate, thus exploding the shadow vessel. This is the first time that they were actually able to defeat a shadow ship conventionally, and all it took was draining a telepath of all her capacity and draining the white star of its energy levels for quite some time, this isn't going to be an easy win, but at least they have a victory. And for the first time ever, the Shadows retreat. This is a major victory. The entire point of this was not only to test the theory that they had that the telepaths were the Shadows' weaknesses, and to confirm, a, 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 confirm that they have a weapon to use against them, confirm that they have the edge, but also to win morale, because this is the very first victory the true first victory in the Shadow War for the Army of Light. This is the very first time that they took them head-on in a full confrontation, just themselves, no Vorlon backing, and won, and got them to retreat. And this is important because the Army of Light has been fractured. They are not completely whole. There have been a lot of issues. This was covered a couple episodes ago where Sheridan and Ivanova were attempting to get everybody to sign a treaty, a defense treaty, and stop fighting amongst each other. And we even see that the Norns, one of the major, you know, forces of, uh, of the galaxy, because of what the Centauri has done to them, has been rendered down to a fleet of no more than 10 ships that are still being repaired. Can they risk their resources to help Sheridan? It is a, a, it is a survival of the fittest mentality of if he dies, he dies. And there's just this great moment where Jakar can't convince Nikal, who, by the way, is from season two, if you remember, to go and uh, protect Sheridan and help him. And so Garibaldi barges in and gives him back the book of Jaquan and says, here's your damn book back. Because if you can't, if you can't abide by what this book says, then I have no reason to read it. I have no reason to respect you. This is about unity, and this is about fortification, and this is about us being one and helping each other. If you're not willing to do that, this book doesn't mean a damn thing. And, and, and that's what I love about it. You, you know, he's just... Garibaldi calls him calls Jakar out on his complacency. Jakar took Nakal's argument at face value. They want to win back their homeworld from the Centauri. They want to be a free people. There's nothing wrong with that. That is perfectly within the right. Matter of fact, they should be fighting for that. But here's the thing. They have a larger thing on the horizon. If the Shadows aren't stopped, well, guess what? there ain't going to be a whole more left to fight for. 
they have to warn me about the big picture first before they can worry about their own personal problems. So they need to get off their backs of in thinking that they can use a 10-ship fleet to fight the entirety of the Centauri war machine and actually put their money where their mouth is and at least put those 10 ships to use by helping the Army of Light to fight off the shadows. And maybe if they help out the Army of the Light, Army of Light will actually come back and help them take back their home world. Quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. And so that is Garibaldi's point. It's your responsibility. Deal with it. And I love that scene so much. And if it wasn't for Jakar getting the kick in his complacency from Garibaldi and thus kicking the call in his complacency to go, no, go help Sheridan, go help him now, Sheridan and all of them would have died back there. But because the Army of Light is getting over their damn insecurities and their own biases and their own personal beliefs and picking up the slack and helping each other, they actually won a victory against the Shadows. Unity is strength. No matter what the cause is, by being together, by helping each other, you are stronger together than you are apart. So that that is Walkabout. It is a really good episode. I think it suffers a little bit from the fact that it comes off such an emotional and sort of j just an amazing high that is War Without End. And I think the Franklin plot is a bit on the nose. I think it could have been handled with a bit more subtlety. And I think that uh, some of the issues with it in regards to not addressing his addiction as much as they should have uh, is an issue. Because I've known people with addiction problems, and it's just not that simple. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I respect what it's trying to say, not necessarily how it's saying it. But anyway, I shall see you next time. Until then, bye. <laughs>